What am I doing with my life? I'm so pale. I should get out more. I should eat better. <sighs> my posture's terrible. It's probably because I always lean over a mic. People would like me better if I wasn't a zombie or a podcaster. <sighs> I should really meet a woman. You know, someone who's smart and beautiful. Smart for her brains. Her delicious, delicious brains. That's right. We watch Warm Bodies. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. And there's a heart that's breaking Down this long distance line tonight Here's a couple of acres. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20 something, but you could also be a teenager. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland, and uh, we continue, we go from the iceberg to the zombie apocalypse for Isn't It Romantic Month. We are doing Warm Bodies, the Summit Entertainment follow-up to Twilight, and my guest is a first-timer. He is the creator of the web series Skitcom, and he has been a friend of mine for years. Why don't you introduce yourself? I am Dave Schweitzer. Thank you, Scott, for having me. And I am excited to be here to talk about Warm Bodies. Thanks All right. So thanks. That, that That's it. You can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Warm Bodies was part of that craze of let's make monsters sexy. And uh, so you have like Twilight with vampires mm -hmm. and then you have... Underworld with vampires and werewolves. And then Benicio del Toro's Wolfman for. I didn't. I don't think that one's very sexy. You're gonna look me in the eye and tell me Benicio del Toro as a Wolfman wasn't sexy? No, I, th I think Anthony Hopkins as Wolfman is sexier. <laughs> I, it's a, t a tag team, it's a double duo. <laughs> and then Hugo Weaving. Oh yeah. Well, Hugo <laughs> Weaving. Okay, in that one, we're gonna get off on warm bodies for a second. Hugo Weaving in that one is actually the epitome of the real Wolfman because. Belnicio del Toro is like, yeah, I like being the wolf man. This is awesome. And uh, the real character of Talbot from the wolf man, wolf man is my favorite universal monster. Really? So, so the real Talbot hated it. He thought it was a curse. And that's why Hugo Weaving is more like the yeah. real wolf man because spoilers on a movie that no one saw. <laughs> and it's almost, I think, 10 years old at this point. It's also. exactly 10 years old. Wow. That's crazy. That's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So um, to hop on the craze, tw uh, Twilight was made by Summit Lionsgate, who made this film. Oh, really? Same. Okay. Um, and they they were just buying up properties of like sexy this thing, sexy that thing, because they realized we're not going to win awards until they did with uh, La La Land. <laughs> oh, they did La La yeah, Land. Yeah, they did La La Land. Oh wow! But they're like, we're not going to win awards, so let's just like make horny monsters that's what america wants though um is i think america wants to see horny monsters <laughs> and um yeah well the 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 really messed up thing is that 
SNL was going to do a parody of like sexy zombies. And then this movie came out and they did sexy Frankensteins instead. Oh, that's a funny skit. Yeah. yeah. I liked that one. Um, there should be. I, and actually I hear there's going to be a CV, uh, CBS show, I think, of Frankenstein's solving crimes now or something like that. I'm sorry. Frankenstein's monster. Just to save some comments there. I understand the difference. Well, isn't that what the movie I Frankenstein was about? The one with Aaron Eckhart? You know, I'm sorry, Aaron Eckhart. I didn't see that one, even though I made it's a vow bad. to see every it's movie he's really in. It's really bad. But, but it, it's yeah. it's like Frankenstein's a monster whose name is Adam solving like murders and stuff. Detective so. Adam Frankenstein. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a blockbuster to me. So... Summit decided to make Warm Bodies, which is based on a novel. Um, and this is an adaptation of... This is the second time we've covered Romeo and Juliet. This is Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. Did Did you pick up on that at all? Scott, can I tell you what I picked up on on this movie? Okay, all right. Because I've been dying to express this. All right, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> How dare you make me watch this right-wing propaganda movie about a wall being an effective tool for keeping out these bad guys. I, knew- <laughs> and I thought, okay, it was made in 2013, I think. Yeah, so it's like one of 2012, these- 2012, 2013. Yeah, where it just like, they would have never known- that like what six years later inadvertently like oh this is kind of awkward because of what's happened in our social world <laughs> right like i i didn't realize that even when i was watching it again this time like i didn't realize it because the wall was already built <laughs> yeah see but, but, i'm triggered by walls now i well, hear a wall and i immediately <laughs> okay thanks for making this very political on a podcast that's not normally political um and but that's usually like the trope. Yeah. In in these like zombie movies, we need to build like a fortress. Yeah. But at the very end, when they're actually tearing down the wall, when they when they blow it up, I just imagine the poor guy who's like at the very end. He's like, I finally put in the last brick, and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Did we have to blow it up? I mean, couldn't we just make doorways? Come on! <laughs> like Gil from The Simpsons, almost. <laughs> I, I was thinking more of like Kiff Kroger. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> the jackass. <laughs> so. So Warm Bodies was directed by Jonathan Levine, who made Fifty uh, Fifty the night before. Um, he works with Seth Rogen a lot. The night before was a Christmas one, yeah, with um, Anthony Mackie and, and Joseph Gordon. Joey Gordon. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's also done. Uh, he, Jonathan Levine has done everything. He did that movie. He's responsible for giving us Amber Heard because he did All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Oh, well, I appreciate him because she was great in Aquaman. So, Okay, let's not get crazy. She was fine. <laughs> Anyone could have done that role. Well, I couldn't have. <laughs> uh, I'm a great yourself. actor. <laughs> okay, let's not get crazy. <laughs> no, uh, she, she was fine, but the original choice for Mirror, I would have liked better. It was the original choice. Um, long ago when this was in development, they were going to go with uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, she she is probably a better, better actress. Uh, but They're the same person, right? <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, that's why for like the new It movie, I would have loved for them to do um, Bryce Dallas Howard as um, his wife as James McAvoy's wife and Jessica Chastain as Bev because what happens... <laughs> 
is that he marries someone who kind of looks like Bev. Oh, really? Like, yeah, so I was like, oh, please cast Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, that'd and they be didn't. funny. They didn't. They cast oh, the girl from Teeth. I haven't seen Teeth. I'm sorry. Uh, well, when we do it on the Bagel Basket, I'll have you on for that. Okay, I think I know what it's about. It's yeah. the Vagina Dentata one. Oh, boy. It's going to be a rough watch. <laughs> <laughs> that one is always for free on Netflix. Um, so, Warm Bodies was directed by Jonathan Levine. Stars Nicholas Holt, who in this movie, he looks like a young Tom Cruise. It's kind of weird how much he looks like Tom Cruise in this movie. Um, I guess I could see a slight resemblance. Like legend Tom Cruise. Not like Tom Cruise now. Not like even I, Top Gun, but like, I know. like risky business Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see it. I can definitely understand casting Nicholas Holt as a zombie. <laughs> I can definitely... I thought you would like him in this because he's Hank McCoy. I don't really like him as Hank McCoy a ton. What? I think he's great. Um, He doesn't do a ton for me. I don't think he's a bad actor by any means. I think that, um, you know, I'm probably jealous of his success for sure. Uh... Well, I like to believe that his character from About a Boy moved to America, lost his accent, and becomes the zombie. Wait, he's the kid in About a Boy? Yeah. Okay. I loved him in that. So just so I can not sound like a complete dick. <laughs> he was great in that. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. I I'm more than happy to think of this as an unofficial sequel to About a Boy. Or maybe this is like the third in a trilogy. So he moves to America, then he gets adopted by Nicolas Cage and he's in the Weatherman. And then Oh, oh so okay, that there was the Nicolas Cage movie The Weatherman. Yeah. He's in that. Okay, I haven't seen that one, I don't think. Because he has an American accent in that. Then the zombie apocalypse comes. Nicolas Cage, of course, gets eaten and killed and becomes the king of the zombies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Hope Davis, she dies. They eat her brains. Oh. Sad. Um, And then he becomes a zombie. And then you have Teresa Palmer, who, like, they clearly were trying to get someone who looked like Kristen Stewart. Am I crazy? Oh, you're right. There there are certain similarities in the facial structure that I ne- I didn't think about that until you said that and uh I can't say I'm that familiar with Teresa Palmer. I think I've seen her maybe in like one or two other I'm things. I'm trying to think of other stuff she's been in. I, like she was in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Hacksaw Ridge, I think. I, I that like, was her? I, can, well, I didn't even... I Googled her last night, and I think that really? was one of the only ones you that... You Googled her last night? <laughs> um, I think that was the only movie on her IMDb that I, I recognized that she, I've she seen. She was in Sorcerer's Apprentice. With Nick Cage also, right? She was originally supposed to be one of the brides in um, Fury Road, in Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, really? And they replaced her with Jason Statham's wife. Oh, from the Transformer third movie. Um, uh, Rosie Huntington. Whitley or something like that. Wheatley, Whitley. Yeah. And then, like, you got John fucking Malkovich in this movie. Now, you said you were going to do a lot of John Malkovich impersonations, and I tried to do one last night while watching it and was like, this is hard, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can come through for me here. <laughs> no, Julie. What I do is I take a gun and I shoot him in the fucking head. It's better than what I was doing. Well, I growing up, I, I used to rent the movie Con Air all the time. So like, oh, yeah, to get movie. the John Malkovich, you have to over-enunciate every word, and then you have to make it sound creepy. The last thing that little Casey Poe will see are the flies and my stinking breath on her corpse. Okay, yeah. It's this weird, like, Dwight Schrute, like, 
comedy. Yeah, you're right. I can. You're right. It is a little bit of a Dwight Schrute because that's thing, who yeah. Rain Wilson based Dwight Schrute on. Really? Is John oh. Malkovich? Wow, that's funny. I had no idea about yeah. that. So she was uh, uh, Trace, uh, Teresa Tracy Palmer. Teresa Palmer was in I Am Number Four. That, that another YA adaptation. Um, Lights out. Not familiar. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I did see that, but I couldn't tell you who she played. I'm guessing she was Spidey's his wife. Yeah, Spidey's oh, okay. wife. Um, and then everything else is just like minor crap. Um, yeah, this. Oh, I, she was in that movie, The Choice, that Nicholas Sparks. The cho- Oh, okay. So that was probably kind of popular for a certain audience. That she was in the remake of Point Break. Um. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen either of them. So. Um, and then. In Australia, her and Simon Pegg did a action comedy called Kill Me Three Times. Wish You Were Here. Wish You Were Here, the Zach Braff movie? No, or that's Wish else. I Was Here. Oh, this geez. is a... Hard to believe Joel I Edgerton forget the name movie. of that one. <laughs> she got famous because of Sorcerer's Apprentice, Bedtime Stories, and Take Me Home Tonight with... Oh, yeah, Topher Grace. Venom. Yeah, <laughs> with the original Venom. <laughs> He's like a turd in the wind now, too. Yeah. <laughs> but he was fantastic in Black I was just Lamb. about to bring him up, which he played a turd in the wind. Yeah, David he Duke, played so. David Dukes. <laughs> so, also, someone I actually know is in this movie, Rob Corddry. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because he uh, did a few guest appearances on The Daily Show when I was there. Like, he came back to make fun of himself. Yeah. Because Ed Helms was uh, in The Hangover, and he was basically joking making jokes on the show that he couldn't believe that he turned down the hangover. Oh, did he turn down the hangover? Probably not. Oh, just jokes. Out, um, but he he's a nice guy. So he's playing Mercutio, Nicholas Holt is Romeo, Julie, and Dave Franco. Dave Franco is the weirdest fucking choice for this movie. Here's what I like. I like that Hollywood has this thing where they cast a Franco and then kill them off pretty quickly. Like an alien covenant, James Franco. You don't even see him. You, yeah, you don't even realize he died until they show a picture of him later. And you're like, that was fucking James Franco? What the fuck? Yeah, because they had him in that that, that pre-movie of... Don't yeah, get me, I didn't don't even get me see that. On alien I'm like a pretty big alien fan. I missed that somehow, so I it seems so weird to me. I love Alien, Aliens. I even like... Um, uh, Resurrection? Resurrection. It has some cool stuff. Well, because it's just Firefly. Yeah, it's Joss Whedon. It's still practical effects, kind of. The a entire movie is Firefly because yeah. the, he used that as the basis for Firefly. Yeah. Um. And Dave Franco, I would have preferred that they did what they did in Romeo plus Juliet. Just call him... Dave Paris, <laughs> because Paul Rudd's character is Dave Paris in Romeo plus. Oh, Julie. Paul Rudd's in that. Paul Rudd's in everything, and he Paul doesn't Rudd. age. And he's gonna stop Thanos. I truly believe him and uh, Nebula are gonna be the ones to do yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Um, but how great would it be if they didn't even change Dave Franco's name? They just made him Dave, Dave pa- Franco. Dave oh. Paris. <laughs> His character's name is Perry. He does feel like an actor, and I don't know if this is true. I feel like he would play Dave's a lot. As somebody who's played Dave's a lot and is named Dave. <laughs> like, like when Charlie Sheen or Michael J. Fox always plays a Mike or a... Uh, Tony Danza playing a Tony. Well, I, I feel like that's just to help Tony Danza. Yeah. Yo, what's my name again? Tony. Oh, okay, right. He's great. I love him. All <laughs> um, respect. <laughs> but, but Franco, I feel like Franco originally went out for the part of R. Like... 
Uh, yeah, I could see that. Because this was before... He blew up, kind of, right? This was like three months before Now You See Me came out. Was that his first big one? That was his big one. That okay. was his big... Like It's like, oh, yeah, Dave Franco, he, this guy's got chops... And then he was like everywhere, mm. and he is great in everything. He really is pretty, pretty good. I loved him in Disaster Artist, and he was good in this movie. Um, and it was interesting because at first I thought, okay, he's gonna just get killed off, and we won't see him. But you keep getting them peppered because throughout. He's, because okay, so this is the real fucked up thing with the movie. And don't get me wrong, I actually like this movie. I'm actually gonna be giving this higher bagels um, than than one would expect because I'm gonna be saying some shit about it, and. Uh, like starting out by saying shit, it's clear that John Malkovich was only there for like craft services and the paycheck. <laughs> um, but, but he brought the intensity, so you know what? Mission accomplished. I love how he wouldn't like even touch her or hug her. He's like, Is she clear? Is she clear? <laughs> that was probably just in his contract. I'm not gonna touch anyone. That's the best I could do there. It wasn't good. Malkovich, Malkovich. I just want John Malkovich to be like him, his character in being John Malkovich. Not even like the real life John Malkovich, who's like all messed up in the movie, but like just saying his name over again. Yeah, that would be that would be exciting. Um, yeah, I just think that uh, Malkovich was real crazy in this movie. Uh, but he's so tame, too. Like So tame, yet still so crazy. So if we're going to go on the assumption that, that Nicholas Holt is Marcus from About a Boy slash um, the kid from Weatherman. I hope his name was also Marcus. And that's it. I don't know. Um, then I, I like to believe that John Malkovich is Cyrus the Virus. From Con Air. From Con Air. Oh, that's much better than the one that I had, because mine makes no sense. Lenny from Of Mice and Men? No. Uh, I like to pretend that he's um, F.W. Moreau from Shadow of the Vampire, and he's just <laughs> lived a very long time, because at one point, Willem Dafoe bit him, and he's actually a vampire. <laughs> and we all know vampires versus zombies, like oh, you yeah. know, the eternal conflict. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the entire crux of this movie is, so this is... Of course, for Isn't It Romantic Month. So this is a love story. But it's such a weird love story. Like, it requires a suspension of disbelief that, like, love is going to make everything right again. And I know I gave Moulin Rouge because I see it in your eye. (laughs) I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. I just will say I differ from Scott's opinion on that movie. (laughs) But I know that Moulin Rouge had this love can cure anything type of thing. And that that wasn't believable because it didn't cure tuberculosis because she still fucking died. Yeah, that's, um, true, that's true. But like this is like I I like the whole it's love that that brings him back and it's the love of uh, uh, Rob Corddry's mother that are what no it was another guy's mother it was uh, the love of uh, Rob Corddry's now dead wife. Yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute. That wasn't his mother. I thought that that was a really interesting element to the movie, and I did like that, having um, there be this kind of, you know, uh, you don't see optimism in zombie films, so it was kind of nice to see, like, oh, hey, like, you know, love can, love could cure this. It can't. Realistically, zombies can't exist, and if they could, love couldn't cure it. But it was a very nice thematic uh, sort of move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so with the bonies, the, the... They were creepy looking. They were, but I, I, I'm I, pretty sure I heard someone say at once, like, it was clearly a British actor who was doing an American accent, and he's like, they're skeletons. 
Like, Skellingtons? Yeah, they said Skellingtons instead of Skell... Skel- Damn it, I can't even say it. Skellingtons. In the movie? Skeleton. Yeah, well, skeleton. Did we... <laughs> like, like, uh... Whoever even uses that word. I mean, and the guy's like, Sir, what do we do? There's Skellingtons here. It's like, <laughs> it's like, why did you become Jason Statham all of a sudden? Oi! In a situation like that, you need a channel you're in a Jason Statham, though, so... Was it weird for you when he... So, apparently, to remember memories, like, zombies can either feast on people and turn them into zombies or eat their brains, kill them, and get their memories. Was it weird when he's reliving Dave Franco's life, he pictures him as a little boy with a sparkler in a field? Yeah, I mean... A, we've all had that moment. We've all, as a little boy, had a sparkler in a field. So, you know, the more it's realistic very... one for me would have been like in a field and all of a sudden, oh shit, I'm on fire now. Ah! I'm terrified of the sparkler. Um, brave child. So, yeah, I thought that that was like an interesting way to convey some of the plot and some of the Turn emotion. Turn it into a Terrence Malick movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It became full Terrence Malick. There were dinosaurs, there were zombies, there was a tree that just kept growing. Uh... And it, it was really weird. Like, he was Dave Franco was clearly about to bone Teresa Palmer when she's like Perry I think I love you I was like this is getting weird that was a weird moment because uh that was delivered like no human would ever say it I think because <laughs> uh, it, it like you could have put the phrase like I have the zombie virus there and she would have delivered it like the appropriate way interesting question Technically, uh, Nicholas Holt was still a zombie when she kissed him on the mouth yeah. before he fully transformed back. Like It was two seconds. Is she now infected? Uh, no, because she loves him. So the love... <laughs> <laughs> the Wouldn't it be great if, by the way, if Walking Dead ended this way? If this was really just the end to Walking Dead, like they have like their series finale and they're like, you want to know how the story really ends? Go with the movie Warm Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> like just apply it to these characters. <laughs> I, lo- I love the opening of the movie. Um, it proves what a fucking hipster Nicholas Holt's character is that he collects vinyl, which I'm one to talk. You were looking at my vinyl collection. <laughs> but And I don't know if I see a player though. Uh, the player's upstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to. Keep them um, separate. Yeah, I need to get a stand for it. Mm. Um, that's up actually up in my office. But um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have the John Waite Missing You album that he has. <laughs> and you know, actually, I'm glad you brought up the uh, music because I thought the music in this was pretty good. Yeah, it was, the, but um, he's such a hipster zombie. He's such a hipster zombie. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely like I, he's wearing skinny right jeans. Yeah, and he's wearing it's a little. But the um, you know, as far as like the music, I liked the Dylan song that they used. Um, that was really shelter good. from the storm. Yeah, shelter from the storm, and I really. Rolled my eyes hardcore when Pretty Woman started playing because I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then when they were like acknowledging it, but they didn't stop it yet, I was like, you got to be kidding me. This doesn't justify it. Then they stopped it and yeah, put on. And then the song that, that they actually played was, that's a pretty good song. Yeah, Midnight who was that again? That's M83, Midnight okay. City. Yeah, that's a good song. So, and uh, the puppy, when that song came on, you know, because it's got those boom, boom, however it goes. Yeah, she when was, I was like, wa- whoa, what's that? Yeah, Stella <laughs> did the same thing when I was watching it with oh, Stella. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the weird thing is, like, my my dog likes 
sci-fi movies and romantic comedies. So this being a a, a weird horror sci-fi rom-com. Yeah. She sat on my lap for like most of the movie and watched the movie. Interesting. With, like like this and you've got mail she like watched. Well, dogs and, you know, post office, that's a pity. You know, that's a big. That's cyber big, mail. Big theme. <laughs> she's yeah, gonna, she's just ahead she's of the not curve. Chase a cyber oh, man. mail carrier. Imagine if she could though. Get out of here, Gmail. Um. Yeah, I I just one thing that I don't get in this movie is the fact that like she clearly knows from the very beginning that it that it's R who who kills. Now, I will admit, I could have missed it because at one point I paused and like I relocated and moved downstairs. So maybe I missed something, but I don't feel like there was ever real fallout for him being the one to have killed Franco. Because she has like the mentality of like, oh, he doesn't know better. I mean, I, I guess I kind of knew that. <laughs> he did. Um, yeah. Because I hope that you didn't. I'm sorry. Julie. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry too. Well, and I also know at one point, I don't remember what she was talking about, because after Franco died, I was like, she seems fine. She, I, I don't think she even liked him at all. It was clear all. that they weren't in love. Like, she said, I love you, but she, clearly it was the zombie apocalypse. She was super horny. Yeah. All she wanted to do was go to go to Pound Town. <laughs> go to Pound Town with Franco. Um, he's a Franco. He's a Franco. We all want to go to Pound Town with a Franco. I was Franco. thinking of, like, other actresses who, because, like, I like Teresa Palmer in this, but there are so many better actresses. And the one who I would have loved to see is the real Mrs. Dave Franco, Alison Brie. Oh, she's great. She would have been really good in this. Yeah, I could I could see her being good in this. Um, also, yeah. I love the actress who plays uh, the nurse, Nora. Yeah, her her friend. And Lee um, Tipton. Who, what else has she been in? She was she very was in good. She was Crazy Stupid Love. Was that with uh, Kirsten Dunst? No, that's... Uh, Steve Carell? Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. Gosling, okay. Yeah, she was in that. one of the daughters or something She's like that. She's the babysitter. Who's babysitter who's in love with Steve Carell. Yeah, as we and all takes are. a naked photo of herself. She yeah. she was also on America's Top Model, so she's like oh, a model. Okay. Oh wow! Um, but she would have been better as Julie. Hmm. I thought she was great. What would have been crazy if they casted her as the character she played, and then casted Olivia Thurbley from Juno, who looks exactly like her. As yeah, Juno. they do look a lot like each other. They, uh, Yeah, that is a funny comparison. They do look very similar. We already did Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll find John Malkovich's doppelganger before this is all said and done. Mr. Clean. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, <laughs> he doesn't but, look as worn down. <laughs> Were you creeped out by by Malkovich's speech at the beginning on the TV monitor, where he's like, "You, we know you've all lost family. We all know that you're taking on this mission. You may not come back. Best of luck. Yeah, my daughter's there too. If she does, whoopsie doodle." Um, I wasn't so creeped out by that because that was when they were first acknowledging the wall, and I was having to adjust my mentality and remember. This was made in 2012 and released in 2013. This isn't <laughs> this isn't an analogy for anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's an but, analogy to prevent. Like, but then I also did you see Bird Box? I 
I'm one of the few people who I saw Bird Box, but I, I'm not one of those. Oh, it was fucking awful, or one of those. Oh, it was really good. I'm just like it has a weird mix of good and bad. But uh, because Malkovich makes that one reference in that, as well as like we're making the apocalypse great again. (laughs) Between like that was the last thing I saw Malkovich in, and then seeing this, I was like, oh wow. (laughs) So Malkovich did two Netflix movies back to back. I think he's just like Netflix boy now. Because he also uh, had Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, who's in it? Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Oh, and that is that out already? Yeah. Is it good? I haven't watched it fully all the way through, but what I saw... Did you like Nightcrawler? I haven't seen it, but I want to really bad. Nightcrawler is really good. It's the guy who did Nightcrawler. And yeah. it's pretty much the same cast. It's him and Renee oh, yeah, Russo. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. Interesting. He really likes Renee Russo, unless Renee Russo is either his wife or his mom. <laughs> Dan Gilroy is the guy who did it. I wouldn't cast my mom that much in movies, so <laughs> <laughs> especially if she was like a star, because she just boss around the set probably, and you know, undermine me a lot. I I totally thought Malkovich was gonna die in this movie. Yeah, I did too. I was surprised he didn't. Like, like I would have loved for um after he just gets turned back into a human, and Malkovich shoots him. That was my favorite part, probably. What if he just died? <laughs> <laughs> and then, Missing like, you. If they had like 15 minutes of like Teresa Palmer being like really mad at him and being like, you killed my true love. And he's like, what was he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't kill Dave Franco. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> also, the part early on when uh, the girl says that uh, Dave Franco was acting like her father and he's like, good. And oh, it's like a uh, he says thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Not it's a like, compliment. Oh, that's a little weird to say, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always thought that, that line was really weird. Like, like if you my, sound like my father, thank you. Like if my girlfriend told me I sound like her father, and like I think my girlfriend's father's awesome, I would still, still be weird. like, I don't like you calling me that. <laughs> let's let's back off from that a little bit. So, I. I I need to talk about Rob Corddry because to me, he's the best thing in this movie. He was great because he was totally different than I've ever seen him before. I mean, did you ever see um, In a World? Uh, the voiceover film? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I love he's that. good in that. He He's yeah. the same type of like amazing in that as he is in this. Um, but I love how he's uh, like, are you okay? Like every time he sees uh, Nicholas Holt, they have this weird relationship. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know if it's like brother, brother or father, son or friends or like teacher, mentor. Zombie, zombie. That's yeah. what it is. That's all that classic Messi, zombie, zombie, zombie relationship. <laughs> zombie, zombie. It sounds like a bad sitcom from the 90s. Like, <laughs> Sister, sister on at eight. Zombie, well, zombie on at nine. Zombie, zombie on at nine. You say from the nineties, but with so many streaming services now, uh, you know it could be a bad. Hulu well, so show. many, so many streaming services now are just doing like sitcoms from the nineties. You got Fuller House and like, oh, yeah, Girl Meets right. World. Zombie, zombie. zombie. That TGIF. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's what happened to um, TN Tamara. They get bit by. If we could turn all the TGIF shows into like uh, the zombie theme, you know, or like Boy Meets thing. Werewolf, you well, know, he did become and... a werewolf in one episode. Oh, the seeds have been planted. Yep. I still don't understand the whole sexy vampire, sexy like monster, like like they clearly everyone in all of the zombies except for Nicholas Holt look disgusting. Yeah, they're so gross. Even even the guy 
Um, there, there's a TSA agent zombie. Did you notice that? The the TSA. Oh yeah, when they were in the airport. Yeah, I would have loved for him in his zombie voice to be like, "Anything to declare?" Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you bringing anything into country? Country. Yeah. Which airport was it? Do we remember? Uh, it was in the Midwest, so probably. Let's just say this takes place in like Chicago or Detroit. Okay. Probably then, Chicago. It it looked very. It looked very Midwest. For all we know, it could have been Seattle. Could have been. There's no way it was LAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not that. Now, uh, do you think if this movie came out today with um, the zombie guy Nicholas Holt having to like take the woman, be like, "I will keep you safe," and almost making her his prisoner, how well do you think that would go over on nope. Twitter? No, nope. <laughs> do you think this movie would be boycotted? This, this would have a problem, and it's weird. It's only six years later, and yeah, I think that there would be like huge outcries. Vulture would be writing three articles a day, on- right? I mean, but also like watching this again, she could have left at any time. Yeah. Um, like when when she's following him, I noticed there was like one time when they're walking ahead of her, when they're leaving the whatchamacallit site she could have easily escaped yeah yeah i mean it would make for a way less interesting movie for what they're going right. for. right i think the so, only reason she yeah. followed him is because he goes julie and she's like you know my name yeah yeah it had to have been hard i don't know if nicholas holt i think that like it that had to have been a hard performance to be talking like that slow and doing all that for a whole movie especially and being I, like the lead i, I normally hate i normally hate voiceovers in the movie i normally hate narration i actually really like it in this one mm, yeah it helps and um i do love my favorite scene of the entire movie is when he breaks into the compound um, and it's after the pretty woman thing and he goes, uh, they're going past the guy and the guard and Nicholas Holt just goes, how are you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Whatever. He's fine. Yeah. Malkovich, when he, when he, um, when he meets R for the first time, that kills me. He's like, who are you again? Who are you? This is R. Well, I didn't ask you. I asked him. Who are you? <laughs> You're a corpse? He saved my life. He took care of me. I triggered something in him and, and that must have sparked something in all of them now it's triggered something in me i want to hear it from him what is his name (laughs) yeah um, i mean he is i hear he's like the nicest guy he lives in cambridge oh really yeah malkovich is lives in cambridge like Hmm. he lives in davis square interesting or Somerville, I should say. He lives in Davis Square. Apparently, he's like the nicest guy, but ordering at a restaurant must be terrifying <laughs> for him. I'll have a porterhouse. Medium rare. Listen to what I am saying. I could definitely see this happening. A touch it, of pink. 
Just a touch. <laughs> you have baked potato, but I don't want. I want scalloped. Do you understand? If I see a baked potato, I will go to your house. I will kill you and your family. Mm. No, I don't have an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Malkovich, we didn't ask that. Well, <laughs> the uh, the Academy has like about a few weeks to make that up to him, even though he didn't get nominated he, for anything. He has. He's been give nominated him, so many times. Give him the movie. Oscar for Bird Box. We're all thinking it. Everybody who saw Bird Box him thought. Him in Bird Box is really creepy. <laughs> he's so creepy in Bird Box. Yeah. Like, because you don't want to like him, and then you realize he's right. It was sweet because I didn't know he was in the movie. So all of a sudden, John Malkovich just showed up, and it was like, oh, shit, it's John Malkovich. The person I didn't know was in, in Bird Box was uh, Lil Rel. I had no idea Lil Rel was in the movie. Who's that? From Get Out. Oh, oh, the, uh, the uh, TSA guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was good. I mean... More TSA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere, man. I I could talk they're back about, at work now. <laughs> I could talk about zombie TSA all day, like mm-hmm. how he became a zombie because he clearly got bit while he was at work. Yeah, they had something to declare the zombie virus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he just stayed there. And he was just loyal to his job, you know. Unlike everybody else, who was probably like, "It's a zombie apocalypse. I'm going home." He was like, "No, you know what? We got bags to check." And then somebody probably bit him from the behind, and like, you know, clearly, never saw it coming. What I still don't understand is how did like the the fitness trainer end up at that that airport? Like was was there like a gym inside that airport? Is I'm this thinking like- they wandered there. They started at a gym and over time they've wandered to that airport. But where she's standing, it says "keep fit" behind her. Oh, like is this like that airport from Crazy Rich Asians where there's like a movie theater and a gym and like a five star restaurant and a mall? I don't get that reference because I didn't see the movie, but I do know if Tom Hanks was living at that airport, he would be thankful there was probably a gym and a movie theater and all that. You know? Oh, so. really? You're making a Terminal reference? Yeah, Terminal, I think, is more popular and relevant than uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, because right? we all remember the, the Spielberg <laughs> classic, The Terminal. I bet you didn't even realize Spielberg directed that movie. I did, and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who are listening. But... I, I still don't understand. Um, so, was it just me, or after a while, did it seem like the nurse was, or I gotta stop saying the nurse, Nora is the character. She was super horny, right? She did seem like she was. She's like, oh, I can't even meet a guy. I want to meet a guy. You know, here's the thing, though. And I don't think we think about this. If the apocalypse happened, like, eventually we would get horny in that apocalypse. But she's surrounded you know? by, like, beefcake soldiers. Yeah, but you like, know. is she that unappealing? They're, they're, they're probably not her type, you know. Beefcake soldiers, not for everyone. They're really, they got a lot of issues. I would have loved for her to end up with Rob Corddry. Oh yeah, what he? It looks like he's gonna find love at the end. I, I like that scene. I do love that scene's great. I I love. He's like, you're very pretty. Thank you. <laughs> You're supposed to say I'm pretty too. Yeah, yeah, that was a really well acted scene. I thought you know that that was improvised. That, that had to be improvised by Rob Corddry. Yeah, I could see that being something like that. I mean, I still don't get um, in this movie. How could he crash that car? Like, like he 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 hits a turnstile when they're they're on the runway and he's driving. How did he even find something to hit? Like, like that's just impossible. Yeah, that was. I also. Why would you let the zombie drive the car? Like he he's slowly coming back, 
Yeah. But but you still let him. You still need to wait. You still don't let him drive the car yet. This is my problem with her. My problem with her is how like how much she is like Bella from she is and she isn't like Bella from Twilight because she's like I'm hungry. I want food. And then she's like, you ruined a perfectly good car. Mm. Jesus, material much? (laughs) Yeah, the car being good or bad at this point is almost irrelevant. It really doesn't matter. Well, no, you know what, Scott? She had the foresight because she knew the world was going to go back and change because of love. So she just knew, like, somebody could use this car. Yeah, but when she's walking back, like, she she passes by, like, a BMW and, like, a bunch of other really nice cars. So, like, when when the world gets back together, just steal one of those. Yeah, I do wonder. Um, yeah, I guess you could just kind of steal a car before society regains order again. And yeah, because no one's going to be like, can I see the license for that, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the registration? I really hope we don't have to live through any apocalypses. That's what I really am hoping. Yeah, me too. But uh... it just doesn't seem pleasant. <laughs> you know. Give it time. Give it time. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, okay. So I had written down in my phone. Um, he gives her a corona, in uh, and she's like, she, the way she acts is like, oh my god, thank you, you gave me the elixir of life. A, it's a corona. Mm. B, it's warm. Mm. And C, it's a corona. Because mm. <laughs> she's like, mm, so good. I was like, oh, it probably tastes like piss. Like I think. If you're in an apocalypse and you don't have alcohol like readily available, like we do in this day and age, you're probably just so grateful for right. But that's my relief. point. He he got it from the bar cart, so there there probably was like at least stuff to make a Bloody Mary. There had to be vodka. Like, do you want a zombie making you a Bloody Mary or a mixed drink? No, it would be funny if you just hands her the stuff to make make yourself. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. You know, Bloody Mary around zombie, that sounds like it could be dangerous. Also, uh, we haven't even talked about their little montage on the airplane where um, where Hungry Heart is playing. <laughs> of all the, th- This is how you know she's not the right girl for him. And I'm going to get into how they're, they're great and not great as a couple. Of all of the Bruce Springsteen albums that she picks, she picks Hungry Heart. <laughs> I can't say I know his albums all that well. I know his songs. I don't know what song, what album. Yeah, though, but Born so. to Run, she could have played Born to Run off of Born to Run. I know, but they could. You, you know how expensive that probably was to get the rights to. I mean, any Springsteen song must be expensive. <sighs> Hungry Heart is probably the most used one. That one's probably the most expensive. You think so? Yeah, probably. Hmm. They used it in Wedding Singer. Hmm. Well, if they used it in a wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still the metric I always use. <laughs> I still don't understand. I still don't understand how after the first round when they're playing the slap game, the yeah. hand slap game, when you realize that he's not going to pull his hands away because he doesn't get it. Yeah. Just stop playing. Yeah, it's probably not the best game to play with a zombie because. Also, the slap game's a little weird. Yeah. Um, especially when they have, like, adults play it with each other and, like, movies, you're kind of like... I feel like it's the type of thing an adult plays with a child when they're in a doctor's waiting room and they're like, there's nothing else we can do right now, so... Okay, I, I wrote a, a short film back in college 
that takes place in a laundromat and they play the slap game. But laundromat feels like an appropriate place where people would maybe play the slap game because you're just waiting, you know, and you don't have much you can do there. So, Also, I would have loved for when um, she's going through his stuff in the Hungry Heart montage and she pulls up the zombie DVD and puts it to his face. I would have loved for him to just look like at the barrel of the camera and be like, that's offensive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't appreciate that. Yeah, that would have been really good. I would have liked that. I would have liked that a lot. And it was so they were a little woke. I mean, (laughs) woke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't understand how he became a hoarder. And how he got an entire jet engine, like an entire airplane to himself. I know how he became a hoarder. He's an American. So there you go. How many dead cats do you think were in that plane? Like he oh, finds God. them and they're alive. And then... Yeah, you're right. Then they would die eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you hungry? Here, brains. Here, cat. Yeah. Ooh. I, he... found out, I found out what they used for the brains. Yeah. Um, they used... Uh, candied pineapple that they froze. Oh, okay. So, so they they basically made um, like crystallized sugared pineapple that you would find in like trail mix or something, and they just froze it. Mm. Um, because I guess when it freezes, it turns purple. Which if, if your if your pineapple is doing that, it sounds bad. Yeah, you shouldn't be. I doing don't think that. that. Oh, whatever. Yeah, like I would use like grapefruit or something like that. Yeah, something yeah, something Blood like orange. that. I yeah, I don't quite get that logic there, but okay. Yeah, uh when he um when he spits out the brains, when he spits out Dave Franco's brains because he gets a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. was up with like the spit take? Um I don't know. There was so much chaos going on there that I and I was just so shocked Dave Franco was dying. I was emotionally just trying to um survive myself. I, I looked it up. I just looked it up. Dave Franco did audition for R. Oh he did? Yeah. Oh wow, okay. But Nicholas Holt was more popular at the time because That's of, a weird thing to Because of X Men. Yeah, you're right. In between X Men and Mad Max. And, in between those first two, yeah. I still love I do love this movie in certain aspects. I I really like when um uh he's walking back after Julie basically dumps him and he's like, "Oh, I'm freezing. I'm not supposed to get cold." Yeah. <laughs> and his dream sequence, I I love um when <laughs> Franco's just throwing shade and going, are you dreaming, corpse? Oh, yeah. And and she goes, he can dream. And I was like, yeah, that's the total manifestation that... <laughs> it's Yeah, once you can dream, you're a human. Well, not just that, but the manifestation that she still has feelings for him when she's like, you can dream. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude. I wish, I wish she just said the line in this movie, oh, R, you're like my best friend. Oh, that would have been good. Then if he eats her, then he kills her. And then he kills her, and it's like, people are like, this was a pretty misogynistic movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, she friend-zoned him, so she had to die. She had to go. <laughs> that was the message they wanted to send, and, uh, you know, these incels are really rallying behind the uh, the film. Do you think that, like, rom-coms and, like, 
horror movies rely too much on Romeo and Juliet for like the romance one. Well, there's like other. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. I, it does feel like it just gets so relied on with that. You know, oh, we're two opposing sides, lovers, yeah. and you know, I mean, this one isn't in tragic, I guess. So. And to me, that's like the real definition of Romeo and Juliet, the tragic ending. Well, that's why I thought he was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, especially when The first time I saw it. (laughs) That would have been good. I would have liked that a little bit better, maybe. I I do love when Malkovich is like, are you still bleeding? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) I would have loved for him to be like, please get me to a hospital. I'm in a lot of pain right now. (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) You shot me in the chest. He should have been dead. Because he got he shot him so close to the heart. Yeah, and to have just been a zombie, I assume you know you're probably not going to be uh, functioning quite as up to speed as it, like if one of us got shot in the chest right now, having not been a zombie for at least a few weeks. Like I think maybe we could survive not for a few weeks. <laughs> not for a few weeks. Oh, thank God yeah. I got over that. Yeah, that was a that was a rough cold. <laughs> <laughs> but like the amount of blood that was in that pool. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot, and then they just were like, all right, stand up, go walk and get in the car. It's not like they were even like, okay, we got you on an ambulance stretcher, and we like, it's like, all right, stand them up, walk them over. It's like, get it? This is a movie. Yeah. It was like the last action hero style where where he gets shot in the chest, and then he gets back into the movie, and it's like, hey, it's just a flesh wound. Yeah, and it was good that they reminded me it was a movie because I had forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) what have i been watching for the last two hours oh that's right entertainment oh man i didn't realize it was a movie when they fell off of uh i mean when they when they fall off of the the stadium yeah what stadium has a a freaking like diving board style door one that lady gaga's performed at i guess (laughs) like (laughs) that's all i can think yeah because because there was no like like scaffolding or no like fire exit staircase well on there. I guess it was just a door that leads. It's the exposition door. Uh, Scott, people who make movies, they don't watch sports. They don't know what stadiums look like, and I don't know what a stadium looks like. I do love in that entire battle scene um, when they're like. I don't know who to shoot. And Cordry just goes, shoot this bastard. Oh, yeah. And then it was like, it was weird because it's the only time that I've ever seen in a movie where it's like a bunch of men with guns standing around who are part of like a militia or an army who look like like they don't belong there almost, even though those were the characters that should have. And then they like shot the, the biter. Is that what they're called? Or the... The bonies? The bonies. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So then he like shoots the bony and then it was like, I don't know. It just say it was so funny to me. It just seems so weird. Like, ugh. And then, then Cordry's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I I do love when they're um at the beginning of the movie. I, I do appreciate that they put in the exposition that a bony is a zombie who hasn't eaten for a long time and the disease has taken over. Mm. And I love when the guy's peeling off his skin and and even zombie Nicholas Holt is like, Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. It's gonna make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Oh great, I have that to look forward to. Yeah, that was I liked that aspect. That's probably I think the best zombie aspect of this film. I thought that was really neat to have it be like you can get to this point of no return. Yeah, and how existential these zombies are where they're like, Well, this is my future. Yeah. Guess it's going to happen. Yeah. No point on turning back now. Yeah, I guess there's nothing they could do about it. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, I think Walking Dead should end the same way. <laughs> it's still... Nicholas Holt should guest star on like the last season. That'd uh, be interesting. I still, I, I every time I watch this movie, I get so sick to my stomach when I see that fruit cocktail. And she's like, oh, it's so good. I was like, it must be so dusty. Mm. Yeah. And you opened it with a really rusty Bowie knife. Well, you know, like I said, in the apocalypse, beggars can't be choosers. I know, but that... that, that Even though I think the girls should hold out for her standards, Nora, the nurse, right? Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, she shouldn't go for those meatheads. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. That knife that she used to open up her can is the same knife she used to... Uh, Stab Nicholas Holt at the mm. beginning. Yeah. So. That must be covered in the infection. You don't think she cleans it? Do you think there's running water? Well, people... Do you think there's running water? I mean, she could have easily grabbed an Evian bottle, but but, um, but there's like nothing to sterilize that. Well, if Bird Box told me anything, they mysteriously lived fine in a house for five years with electricity and water and I guess But the, food, they were so. like scavenging. Like, but they were scavenging blind. I yeah. So because of Bird Box, I believe they had running water. I okay. believe yeah because of Bird Box. Yeah. I I still, um, also most of these zombies kind of looked. They didn't even really look like zombies. Most of them looked like like crackheads and meth addicts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you there know was definitely one crackhead zombie in that movie. There's definitely. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, I don't. The know. the one where uh, um. He's standing next to the guy who Cordry says, can you feel it? Can you, do you feel it? Behind the guy who he's talking to, there's a guy in like a baseball cap and it's up and he kind of looks like Edgar Wright, but not really. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, that guy looks like freaking uh, uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad. <laughs> and you think he's the, um, the crack the, guy? The crackhead, the crackhead zombie. Yeah, well, maybe. What if he wasn't a zombie? He was just like a drug addict. And he's like, I mean, they, they said we're eating these bodies, so whatever. Beggars can't be choosers, right, folks? Yeah, you get you just get swept up with the wrong crowd. Yeah, there's one the non-zombie. He's just a cannibal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I could have gone with Malkovich, but he kept ordering steaks. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. So what do you hate about this movie? Because did you hate this? Did you like this? I nothing. So this was a little difficult for me because I was kind of indifferent. I mean, I don't think it was a bad movie. Um, I thought there were entertaining bits to it, but I all in all, like it didn't quite win me over. I'd probably give it like a C plus B minus. I do. We don't do that. We do bagels. (laughs) Uh, how many bagels? (laughs) We do a baker's dozen. So there's thirteen bagels. How many are you taking out? How many are left? My God! This, what kind of scale is this? A one to thirteen scale? Oh, you take out bagels. <laughs> how many bagels are left? How many bagels are left? I I'm leaving nine. <laughs> There's nine left for me. You you're leaving nine bagels. Yeah. I would probably I'll leave like I guess seven bagels. Yeah, uh, that, a that's it, that you. seems about right. Okay. No, I. But as a as a romance movie, do you think it's an effective one? Um, so I I can, I will admit I can kind of get hooked and sucked into a good romance movie. Um, I don't mind a romantic comedy if it's well done. Even if it's not well done, sometimes I can still be like, all right, there was some charm to that. Um, and for me, I think f- the way I 
enjoy romance movie a lot is when it comes down to the dialogue between the two leads and it's snappy and a back and forth. So when one of the characters is a zombie, that element's like that I'm looking for personally right. isn't going to be there. But I did get, where I give them the most credit is that this is a pretty creative idea. I can't think of a lot of other movies that are done this way. And I do think that they did a pretty good job getting the tone right. The funny thing is, you got to think about now that he's human again, she's got to live with the fact that her new boyfriend horribly murdered and ate her other boyfriend. Yeah, that seems like a thing that. Now that he's accountable. I just, you know, to me, I, I just feel like that's a conversation I keep getting brought up a lot, like, and I just don't know if that's a healthy relationship. <laughs> hey, remember that time you killed my first love? Well, was he really your love? I mean, <laughs> kind of under duress. <laughs> you yeah, know what I, I mean? Uh, I, I think his, his appropriate response would be, to be fair, you loved me so much that I came back from the dead. Let's also... Like, she needs to go to a bit of a therapy, even though she saves the world because she falls in love with a zombie and stuff. Like, someone needs to be like, wait a minute. Well, her entire <laughs> speech to Nora when she comes back, she's like, when she's more sympathetic, after she, she discovers that he killed her boyfriend, she's still like, it's still a horrible name, calling them corpses and, and you know, treating them the way. And then Nora taunts her and is like, have fun dreaming about your zombie boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I still think that Annalie Tipton is like the unsung hero of this movie. Okay, I'll, I'll agree there. Because yeah. when, when she's like, sup? <laughs> yeah. I think that if you're going to deal with the touchy subject of a um, zombie falling in love with a person and coming back to life, you have to deal with the genital issues of <laughs> the genital. <laughs> oh God! Dude, is, you know, zombies start decomposing and stuff. Like, is everything check out there? Zombie wieners. I'm just saying that would have been a good. That's a great name element. for a band, Zombie Wieners. The Zombie Wieners. I picture it like four guys like Millhouse who think they're cool now because they're in a band, but then hey. they named it. Hey, we're the Zombie Wieners. <laughs> like, Hey, Bart, <laughs> can I borrow a feeling? Yeah. <laughs> can you spare me a cup He of inherited love? those genes from his father. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I still... Also, they actually... I, I was wrong. Nora does seem to fall in love with a zombie at the end. The guy at the end who... The really creepy balding zombie. Like, because they imply it because she's taking his heart oh, beat and he yeah, looks at her right. and she gives him the eyes is like so you passed up like the the soldier dude who was very healthy and was clearly into you for this guy who kind of looks like the guy from Ant-Man who works at Baskin and Robbins yeah so it, this might be a personal thing me but like if I were in their shoes the only zombie I would fall in love with would be like as if I was with somebody who turned to a zombie and like you know wasn't too far you know what I mean like I wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to go hook up with a zombie character. I'd be like, there's too much baggage there. If I'm looking for a relationship, something stable that I can live my life with, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go for one of the zombies. But as I stated before, they clearly made Nicholas Holt look like the most appealing out of all of them. Yeah. Like, like he's he's the most handsome of the zombies. Uh, 
Cordry kind of looks like someone's dad as a zombie. And then, like, everyone else, it, I mean, who is she going to settle for? The guy who's peeling his face off? Probably not. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem hygienically safe to me, and I would just, I would be scared. Although, I'm sure, and also, like, how do you celebrate Halloween? You know, you're like, ooh, this is kind of a touchy subject now <laughs> in our household because dad was a zombie, so... <laughs> You know, does it become like a special holiday, like President's Day or Martin Luther King Jr. Day, like Zombie Love Day? What? No, Halloween. Oh. <laughs> or do they do they celebrate Day de los Muertos instead and get rid of Halloween completely? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe they do need to celebrate Day of the Dead, seeing as like the dead are alive again. Right. I don't know. That yeah, a lot of um, a lot of politics in that. <laughs> what did you think of them continually to play John Waits missing you, like? Like, it starts the movie, and then when he sees Julie, they bring the song back. I actually thought that that was clever. I just hate that song. I love that song. It's just like, I think my problem with the song is, like, I feel like it had to have been used in 75% of the movies made in the 80s. And, like, I just feel like... To be fair, that song came out when I was, the year I was born. So, I, I have a personal connection to it so <laughs> do you have like that connection with everything that came out the year you were born like are you just like this well, year is great, so special great stuff came out the year i was born karate kid part two um ferris bueller were you 87 or 86 oh okay all right so we're we're slightly different yeah. there. i'm 87 yeah you have get out of my dreams and get into my car <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I do. You know, I love that song. See? So, that, yeah, See? Yeah. all right, you might not be wrong. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But that's unfortunately, cool. you have you also have the movie Some Kind of Wonderful. Some Kind of Wonderful. Who's in that? That's the that's basically the shot by shot remake of Pretty in Pink, where they just do a gender swap. Oh, okay. Where it's Eric Stoltz and Leah Thompson oh. as oh. Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald. He's the Molly Ringwald. She's the Andrew McCarthy. And the ducky is um, June from Benny and June, Mary Stewart Masterson. What race does she play? Is she like is she like a white person? Because wasn't the, ducky like kind of no. like ducky a, is John Cryer? Ducky. Oh, oh, wait, isn't there like a super? Oh, you're thinking of Long character? Duck Dong. Oh, okay, that one's a little awkward, right? That's from Sixteen Candles. Oh, a different Molly. Ringwald, yeah. So, though. so basically, okay. so everyone was upset and pretty in pink. Um, which we're doing on the podcast in March. Um, everyone was upset in Pretty in Pink that she doesn't end up with John Cryer and that she goes for the jerky guy. Yeah, because so it's real. <laughs> so so John Hughes and the director of Pretty in Pink rewrote the script, just swapped out the genders and did it so that uh, he ends up with the right person. Mm. And that's some kind of wonderful... And that came out the year you were born. It's like, okay. You're like, no, oh, whatever. That makes sense. Movie describes me in a nutshell. <laughs> I still I still do appreciate this movie. I think I like this movie so much because Summit for the longest time was trying to push Twilight down our throats and like I was like, if I'm gonna give them a chance on uh, a monster love story, it's gotta be something entertaining. Yeah. And I do have a good time when I watch this movie. I, I do think it's funny, and at times, other times, there are moments like that make me cringe, like the bedroom scene. Yeah, and him watching her like kind of undress. She's and like, stuff, "Don't and look," and he's like, "Okay." And then he keeps looking, which goes back to your point, where like by today's standards, 
And it's crazy that it's only like six years, but like a lot can change in six years. Man. You know, um, yeah, I think the outcry of some of that, and I, and I honestly, I think the movie was probably innocent enough. I think the intentions weren't malicious or anything. Right. I mean, it's the I whole. Think a he lot doesn't times, know better. He's a zombie. He's a child. Yeah, which is also the analogy for Hollywood writing scenes like that. Like, oh, they didn't know better, I guess, until we all started speaking out like uh, two years ago about stuff like this. But um, yeah, I yeah. Um, they did a they did a good job there. Now, do you think people should see this movie? Um, because it's being for Valentine's Day. They have this in the Valentine's Day section on like on Hulu, Vudu, and the people that I would recommend it to are the people that kind of like uh the horror movie type stuff where they're like interested in the genre and they're willing to see something like a play on something, you know? Oh, you like horror movies. Well, this is a romance movie that has like horror elements and aspects to it. So you might like kind of appreciate that. But like just to the average, like my average coworker or friend or something, I probably wouldn't be like, Oh, you got to go see warm bodies. Like if I was like, if it's on comedy central, like you could tune in for a few minutes and see what you think. Give it the five minute rule. Yeah, that's kind of where I would probably be with that one, um, where I wouldn't tell someone to like avoid it, but I'd be like, Rick, I guess, but if you don't like it, don't blame me. Now, you were the person, I, I kind of, I couldn't make our schedules work for Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. We couldn't make our schedules work, so Haley ended up having to do that movie. Now, you are so lucky that you didn't have to do that one because that movie was so bad that Haley stopped watching after 40 minutes. Oh, only four? Is it a long movie? It's two hours and 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So she missed a whole hour and a half. It was bad. It's yeah. it's a bad movie. So oh, be grateful you had to do this. And although although part of me is a little sad that I didn't get to do that one because I just was watching a bunch of conspiracy theorists on nine eleven on YouTube. So I could have I could have really made the conversation maybe interesting, bringing in the conspiracy theory aspect. <laughs> well, so no, yeah. <laughs> nothing could because it, it was supposed to be a family drama. At the at the center of nine eleven, like yeah, but it was just super offensive, and it is incredibly offensive to the disabilities community, like because the main character, the, the oh, main the kid, kid has something, right? He's supposed to have um, Asperger's. Oh, okay, but uh, it he's just a monster. Oh, really? Like you didn't see the movie? There's a answering machine that has Tom Hanks trying to reach the family and seeing if they're okay, and he calls six times before he dies. Mm-hmm. The kid hides the machine from the mom, and the mom's like, did anyone call? And he's like, no. Oh. <laughs> and that's why Haley stopped watching. Did the kid know 9-11 was happening at the time? Yes. So. Yes. Uh, well, I'll probably see the movie one day. If you can find it, it I had to go on Vudu, and that was the only way I could watch it was Oh really? But I have a Voodoo account, so. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, so do you want to promote anything? Well, I have a web series that. Thank um, you for being here. That's all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were to go onto either Facebook or YouTube, um, and you type in Skitcom, that's kind of our production company name. The past year, we did this series called "Let Me Ask You Something." We did about one episode a month for a whole year, and uh, some of those are pretty good. and the ironic thing is, is I've had ideas over the years to bring Scott into the show, 
And then I just haven't produced those episodes. But, it's fine. But <laughs> I, have, I have ideas where I'd be like, oh, I'd love to have him act in one and play What if I was like so petty? I was like, you're not going to be on the podcast until I'm on your, your fucking show. Dude, I had a friend who was like, I'm not going to watch your show until you cast me in your show. And I was like... All right, interesting flex there, but uh, then I was desperate and I needed a character, and he got cast in our Thanksgiving episode this year, Marnie. So, oh. I mean, you know. I'm not that petty. What I do out of spite is I just watch the first five minutes and then I turn it off because. Uh, <laughs> and then I give it a thumbs down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Zero stars. So, but yeah, we have a bunch of episodes. So if you were to go onto Facebook or uh, YouTube and search it, we've been doing it for like six years. There's like around seventy episodes. Yeah, on my, all. my my favorite seasons are still the the ones with uh, uh, John Potvin. Everybody loves Potvin. Yeah, but he is the the. Uh, he's your he's your George Costanza. He's your Kramer. Uh, yeah, I would say he's our Kramer more than a Costanza probably. But to but. me, Costanza was the funnier one. Yeah, Costanza is funnier. Because yeah. he's Larry David. <laughs> yeah, Costanza's definitely the funniest. So, yeah, Pavin, congratulations. You're the funniest. I hope you don't <laughs> listen to this because your ego, God, <laughs> it doesn't need to get any bigger. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just tag him on when you, when you share this. <laughs> don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. He'll yeah. listen to like like an hour and 10 minutes and then turn it off right before I say something nice. And the question I had for you is, is it weird this season casting your own girlfriend as your girlfriend on the show? Um, no, it's like it's super easy and helpful. I like it. And um, the only thing is there was one episode where she was yelling at me, um, the alarm clock, I think it was. And because in the episode, it's uh, I she wants to get an alarm clock for some reason. And I decide I'm going to get her the alarm clock for like a birthday gift. And I get her like the worst one possible and we get into a fight about it or something just as a loose thing. But I didn't like filming that one because I didn't like that we were fighting. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know if I want to write more episodes where we're fighting. <laughs> it's like, like it was like really believable a few takes. And I think there were a few takes. I was like, can we do it a little less like how we would in real life and more like funny? <laughs> so that was kind of like the double-edged sword where I was suddenly like, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah. But she's really good. She's not an actress, and um, I think she does a phenomenal job. And, um, yeah, people seem to like her in it. So she's been a couple. So check her out. <laughs> well, um, her episode's out. <laughs> Man, you said you Googled Teresa Palmer, and then you said, check out my girlfriend. Yeah, th I'm using a lot of bad phrasing here, so... You know, what can I say? But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you for being on, Dave. Thanks for having me. I hope I can come and uh, do other ones. Well, and, only when, um, when you cast me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've given you a taste, I'm going to cut you off until you cast me in your show. No, I'm not that petty. But yeah, it's always good to see you, buddy. It's been a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Sorry good. my dog peed on you. No, that's fine. I have a puppy. I get it, you know. <laughs> yeah, as soon as... It's Dave came in the door. Stella just attacked him and, and peed all over you. I guess I didn't really feel any wetness. No, but there I, was I think... Like, it was right by my feet, Yeah, so. but you did step in it, so. Yeah, well, that's on the bottom of my shoe, yeah. so it's just been tr just tracked through your house at this point. No, it's, no, because you then stepped through the actual sanitizer that I put on the floor, so it oh, really doesn't... Oh, so then I cleaned my yeah, shoes. Yeah, so you, <laughs> you accidentally cleaned your shoes. I, kn I knew your entire plan was to dirty up my house with my dog's urine, but... Yeah. And and you know Not what? Not today, Schweitzer. And if I couldn't 
going to get it dirty with your dog's urine. I had a vial of my dog's urine in the car, ready to go. Technically, it's not your dog. It's your mom's. Yeah, right. Technically, it is my mom's dog, but <laughs> I'm trying to steal her. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, you can always check us out, uh, Writer's Bagel Basket, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, send us emails, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Uh, is there anywhere they can check you guys out besides Facebook? Do you have a Twitter? I think there's a Twitter, uh, but nobody updates it. So, God, I should probably check to make sure yeah. we didn't tweet anything offensive like <laughs> seven years ago or something like that. Um, <laughs> like James Gunston. <laughs> yeah, like, like Bill Cosby did nothing wrong. And like, oh, God, you know. But, um, no, of course, he obviously did everything wrong in his life. Um, but, yeah, no. Did you no, see Ghost Dad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> No, we pretty much just have the Facebook and YouTube. I don't really have any personal accounts that I try to advertise. Nobody needs to hear much more from me. <laughs> so I do think we are looking at doing a uh, Skitcom podcast soon. So, you know, be on the lookout for that, podcast listeners. We'll dive into episodes and get a behind the scenes. Oh, I thought you were going to do like radio plays of episodes you didn't do. I've debated that. You know, like, oh, crap, this episode's supposed to take place in a restaurant, but I can't afford to get a restaurant. On so, the uh, moon. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like space sci-fi shows featuring the Skycom characters. Pretty sweet. Don't knock it, because there, there's a great podcast called Thrilling Adventure Hour where they do old-timey radio. That's cool. And it's like Paul F. Tompkins and, and funny comedians like that. Nathan Fillion's on it. Oh, nice. Plays a space cowboy. <laughs> Shocking. A stretch. <laughs> so... Until next time, Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm Scott Curlin. Bye.